This is Family Court Vision. The podcast where some lady and the guy who was born on the same day that she gave birth discuss <laughs> all things basketball. On today's episode, we have Fred Van Vliet, WNBA Free Agency, a review of Cornbread, Earl, and Me, see if mom can stump Jack with the superstitious stumpers. Wow. Um, okay, you take it away, mom. Do what you've always wanted to do. Oh, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> Let's boogie. No. Oh, no. You're, what? what do you want to say? The rack your mittens around the kittens? Yeah. I already did that one. Welcome to episode seven of Family Court Vision. It is seven o'clock on Wednesday, February 3rd. Yeah. Episode seven. Here we are. We're in February now. January felt very long to me. I'm not sure if it did for you. but January always feels long to me. You know, working in a school, we don't really get time off in January. So, you know, it's other than Martin Luther King Day, it's, it's a long month. Yeah. But just think about we did just the... have, we just had the past two days off for the snow. We had so much snow. Yes, we did have a lot of snow in this, this Northeast New York uh-huh. area. Yeah, um, we ha- I had to shovel the driveway four times since Monday. That's um, a lot of times, I would say. I know, I know. And dad had surgery, so he couldn't help. But Brielle is here, so she helped. That's good. I'm yeah, it was exhausting. Muggy, yeah. Couldn't, Muggy couldn't help out with that. <laughs> uh, no, no, we couldn't get her out there. Anything new with you this week besides snow? Um, I would like to... Shout out to um, Terry from New York, who contacted us to let us know that um, she also mispronounced Hermione in the Harry Potter books before she saw the movies. There you go. So so thanks. Um, thanks, Terry from New York. Yes. Thank you, Terry, for, I guess, making you feel like you're not alone. Yeah. Could, could it's always good to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anything I do. With you? Well, this isn't new, but this is something I want to tell you about because... Um, our listeners may or may not know this, but um, I don't know if you still are, but when you were little, you were freaked out by butterflies. Still am. Okay. Like like shaking freaked out. Like if one came near you, you like were visibly shaking because you were freaked out. And uh, fun fact, we were at the butterfly garden at the zoo when you were little and one landed on the bill of your cap. And it was so cute, but we didn't tell you because we wanted to get a picture. And if you knew what was there, you would have freaked out. So Maddie just told me about this new podcast that he's listening to. It's not a new podcast, but it's new to him. It's science. I don't know if it's VS or versus. It's science VS. Um, And it has short episodes, kind of cool episodes about lots of different things. Um, And there's one that's called Butterflies Are Secret Monsters. I agree. And and it's based on someone seeing what appeared to be butterflies eating the eyes of turtles. Hmm. So, Interesting, isn't it? So maybe you want to listen to that podcast this week and find out about butterflies that are secret monsters. Yeah. Um, finally, you feel vindicated a little bit. It's It's six minutes long. 
And then you can look at actual videos and and see the the yeah, butterflies. No, I'm, I'm not interested in that whatsoever. Um, eating the turtle's eyes. No, butterflies are are terrifying. I stand by that. Um. So yeah, uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm not the only one who who has that opinion. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So you can learn more about butterflies and why they need to, um, seemingly eat turtles' eyes. Uh, there you okay, go. We're we're gonna we're gonna go to um a mailbag question oh okay uh it's again from kimberly f in new york whoa she's like a super fan she sent a bunch of questions in and so today we're gonna do okay we we talked i don't know which episode but about expansion teams and what what teams we would want to yeah kind of add to the league yeah um but her question is if you could create your own basketball team Mm -hmm. what would it be named team colors If you have any specific players you'd like on that team, dream coaches, anything like that. You know, it doesn't have to be thinking about what city works, but like just if you had your own team, okay, what what would it be? Mm, Wow, that's I should I should read that email so that I have answers ready next time. Uh Um, I since since you already have your brain prepped for it, maybe you want to start this one. I, I the colors the colors I know would be like a purple and a and a dark sapphire blue like the color of the night sky. Uh huh. So those would be the co- I know they're very similar colors, but those would be the colors. But what do you got? Mine would be um. Now I know we're very spoiled that we have the New York Knicks pretty close to us and the Brooklyn Nets pretty close to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd want something even closer to where I grew up. So I want a, a Long Island team. Something okay. The Long Island whatever uh maybe the ducks mm. our, our minor league team uh our minor league baseball team called the ducks yeah um, and and because long island was very big in the world of duck farming yes um so there's maybe, in yeah. fact a, there's a giant duck out east that's like a gift shop yes there is mm-hmm. yeah so so maybe uh maybe a basketball version of the long island ducks mm. um i think it works my favorite color is orange and i think that mm. works well you know the duck mm-hmm. bill mm-hmm. um and that's that's what color the baseball team is, right? Like orange and green or something. They're orange and green, yeah. Which is uh-huh. I'm not sure where the green comes from, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So that would be my team dream players. I mean, obviously LeBron James, but then like mm-hmm. let's get some let's get some Long Islanders in here. So some you know Tobias Harris, Danny Green, mm-hmm. get the Long Islanders in. So um, that's great. That would be my team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I do you have a name for your team? The Ducks. The Ducks. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You said that. Um, uh, maybe because the town that we're from is known, um, the, the pickle king of Long Island uh-huh. um, is from here. So maybe even though the colors don't really, you know, maybe I have to change my colors up, but the Long Island pickles or pickle farmers or something. Uh-huh. We do have a pickle festival here annually. We do. Mm-hmm. Very exciting so, stuff. Very. And we it's so close we can walk to it from our house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Pe- yeah, we are yep. we are the pickle pickle capital of the world, maybe America. Well, New definitely York. Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> Shrink it down more and more. Uh-huh. Definitely uh-huh. the pickle capital within 15 minutes of us. So yeah. yeah, maybe the Long Island pickles. There you go. I like uh-huh. it. And it, uh, of course Leisha Clarendon would be on the team. A hundred percent. Yeah. Zowie B. Zowie B would be on the team. Amanda mm-hmm. Zowie B. Yeah. Name. Yeah. Okay. What? Whatever. I know you're on. You're on. You know, comfortable terms with her. That's right. That's um, right. But 
I mean, I guess we'd have to get like, I mean, if it's going to be a dream team, you know, we'd have to get like uh, uh, Sue Bird. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Uh, Diana Tarazi. Yeah. Might as well get the greats in there. Right. And we're we're only picking like current players, right? Well, it can, and it's just dream whatever. So you can. All right. All right. If you want to expand that later well, on, you can. Who, well, what was the um, the what, the woman who's in Uncle Drew? What? The oh, wife. Lisa Leslie. Yeah. Okay. I pick Lisa Leslie if we're picking all times. Okay. There you all go. right. That's what I got. There so, you go, Kimberly F. There you go, Kimberly F. We're gonna move on to our first segment of the day, which is basketball news of the week. Now, as always, COVID is. Uh, an ongoing story, although it is getting yeah, Pachak, Pachak. What? You go ahead and tell your stat, and then I have stat. I have stat for you. Okay. Um, I think last week we were at twenty-one or twenty-two total games had been postponed. We're now at twenty-four, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that does seem. It obviously is way too much, but um, it's only one or two that got postponed this week, um, and zero new positive cases mm-hmm. um, from the last week. So yeah, so things are so, getting much better. Right. Two weeks ago, there were 24 cases. Last week, 21. And this week, there are only five cases. Mm-hmm. And those are carryovers because there's yeah. those aren't new infections. Those are carryovers. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. I mean, you know, next week is the Super Bowl. So that's another reason for people to gather. So we have to hope that, you know, people are going to be smart about it. Right. I get my I get my second vaccine this week. That's right. You do. Mm-hmm. And that's then, very exciting. Yeah, and that's it for me for for now. Um, so yeah, so so looking obviously still not great. They probably mm-hmm. should have started the season maybe around now instead of starting mm-hmm. it, you know, a month and a half ago. But mm-hmm. um, but that's where we are, and things are looking better. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. Here's a story that I do want to talk about. Okay. There's uh the other night, uh, Lakers versus Hawks game in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Atlanta is allowing some fans in their arena, including mm-hmm. some right at courtside. Oh. Um, and there was a little bit of an altercation between LeBron James of the Lakers and some fans sitting there. Courtside, oh, wow. Courtside. Why not, would they have fans it. sitting courtside? Well, this is, this is my ma- my main problem with the story is that like, what? Yeah. What the heck what Atlanta? The, you, you got all that room. Yeah, just what you said. Like, yeah, they're, three, they're sit three, a, three rows back. That's it. Yeah, and so, so what happened was, this is the story that we have right now: is that there's a man and his wife sitting there. LeBron is near the sidelines. The man stands up and says something to LeBron, tries to rile him up. LeBron turns around and goes right back at him, and then the man's wife stands up and starts cursing out LeBron, like trying to you know defend her husband. Um, and so that's essentially what happened. Then, then she gets kicked out of the game. Good. Um, she goes on social media that night saying, you know, all this bad stuff about LeBron and playing the victim and things like that. And then I think today she put out a thing saying, like, I apologize, whatever. And she's, huh? she's being allowed what? back at games. So was there video that proved that she wasn't the victim? Um, I mean, some, some audio did come out. There, I mean, it was a, it was a back and forth. They, uh-huh. There were some not so nice things said on both sides. Well, now, imagine now, if someone came to you in your job and started cursing you well, out. The, this is what I'm saying is that people people always forget that these basketball players are human beings. 
Mm-hmm. And if, if you're going to say something to them, they have every right to say something right back to you. That's right. So um, that's that that's that's my you know, that's my take on it. Um, you know, there there are certainly sometimes where where fans step way out of line and, mm-hmm. you know, say things about the person's family or use racial slurs or something. And, and that is obviously a different level of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and LeBron wasn't offended a- after the game. He, he was like yeah, we love having fans back. I love those interactions. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what we play for. Um, so there's not, uh, I don't think there's really any victim here. It's not like a bad story, mm-hmm. just an interesting thing. Now people are, you, people are calling this courtside Karen. That's, that's what they're saying. They're, mm-hmm. uh, in, in fact, I think LeBron, I'm not sure if LeBron coined that, but he tweeted that out like, ha ha courtside Karen was so mad tonight. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a problem with the Karen term. Okay. Um, because I, I think that it's sexist. Because, uh, yes, there are certainly white women who give customer service people hard times and do bad things at restaurants and mm-hmm. uh, speak out. But especially me, who currently works in customer service for the last six months or so, I can say that being difficult with customer service people is not exclusive to women. Mm-hmm. There are I would say it's it's equal or maybe even leans more towards men being mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this specific person, she seemed to be the main ag... What am I... What's the word? Instigator? Yeah, instigator here. Um, aggravator? Yeah, aggravator. That's the, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, do, I don't like that term. That's just mm-hmm. what I'm... That, that, the Karen term. That's all I'm mm-hmm. going to say about it. I, I find it lazy. Yeah. You know, I, ju- I just think there's like, you know, we see these altercations between fans and players 20 times a year mm-hmm. and 90 percent of the time it's a man going back and forth. Mm-hmm. That makes sense due to, due to the, you know, the population of who we know would be at a game. But also like men more often do this than women. Mm-hmm. And it's often viewed as like, yeah, go at that guy. Tell him what you think. This is great. I love mm-hmm. this is so funny. Look at this. Mm-hmm. And then. The one time it's a woman speaking up who, again, we, we said we, we don't agree with and we think mm-hmm. she was out of line. Um, mm-hmm. But she she's the she's the story that we get. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, I'm just not All right. not thrilled with that storyline. Right. Um, OK, so uh, Fred Van Vliet, player for the Toronto Raptors, uh, just last night, I believe, scored 54 points against the Orlando Magic. That's a lot, right? That is a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see. I saw tweets about his name, but I was like, I don't know what this is about. Jack will tell me when we do the podcast. He he. That's the most ever points in a game for in Raptors history. So he now has wow. that, that record, and it's also the most ever points in a game for an undrafted player. He was undrafted. Oh. oh. Um, so how did he story, get on the team? His story is really incredible. And in, I think he was supposed he was he would have been drafted in the 2016 draft. Okay. He had a draft party. He had family and friends. There's this really like heartbreaking video Aww. of him at the end of the party, like telling everybody, like, thank you all for being here. It didn't work out for us, but I'm going to keep working, whatever. Um, and then I think he he worked his way onto the the Raptors G League team. Um, mm-hmm. They decided they'd give him a chance and sign him there. He kept working up. Um, and then when the Raptors won the championship a few years ago, he was like a pivotal piece for them. Hmm. He was a really important player for them. Um and then just this offseason, he signed, I think, like a four-year, $80 million deal with them. So um, it just shows, you know, 
we have the LeBrons of the world who were the number one pick and we always knew what they were going to be. And then we also have the Fred Van Vliet's of the world who went undrafted and still can develop into a superstar. So really mm -hmm. cool story. Um, okay. And the last, uh, last bit of, uh, NBA, uh, talk is just a quick standings check-in. Uh, so we have the Lakers, Clippers, and the Jazz all near the top of the West, um, which I, I would say is unsurprising. We have the 76ers and the Nets in the East, your 76ers, mom. Looking pretty good yeah. right now. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Um, I, but the Nets, I called it. The Nets are pretty hot. They've won mm -hmm. a bunch of their recent games, and they're right on the, the 76ers' tails there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just wanted to say uh, two quick disappointments so far. One in the West has been the Mavericks, because we're now okay. we're, we're more than a quarter of the way through the season. So okay. these things can't be chalked up to like, oh, they got off to a slow start, had a couple bad games. Like, mm -hmm. these are patterns now. Um so the the uh, the Mavericks out in the West, I think, are thirteenth currently. I had them as maybe a top four seed, mm. um, and the Heat in the East, I think, are also thirteenth. And they, I mean, they went to the finals last year, even though they're on my TV every day. Yes. So. Um, well, what about like I picked um, in the West? I picked Lakers. I know they're in third versus Warriors, and Warriors are in ninth right now. Is that expected? Like I I thought they were better than that. That's about where I had put them. Um, okay. Now the the Warriors, Clay uh, Thompson, who is probably their second best player, has now been hurt for two straight years. We haven't seen him since two years since those finals against the Raptors. Wow. Um, which was the 2018 finals, I think. Wow. No, 2019. 2019. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So, so that's that's certainly hurting them. Um, they have a much different team now than they did when they when they went to five straight finals. Um, Steph Curry's still amazing. Draymond Green is still a great leader, great defensive player, but they have a much younger team now. So um, I think this is this is around where a lot of people thought that they might be, but not you, not me. I expected more of them. And there's still time. There's still right. plenty of time. So we'll all right, see. we're only you said we're a quarter of the way through. A little more than a quarter. Yeah. Okay. They could be like the Mets, like the opposite of the Mets. You know, the Mets do well, do well, do well. And then in September, they fall apart. Yes. So maybe I'm the Warriors, well you know, they'll plug along and then they'll like explode with awesomeness. You never know. Could happen. Mm -hmm. All right. You want to move on to the WNBA? A lot of big news. Oh, heck yeah. I got so much news and some news you don't even know. I don't even know. You have you don't even know. You have sources? You don't, you don't even know. So one thing that I just found out is that uh -huh. the Liberty uh -oh. has a dance team of people who are over 40. Yes. They're called the Timeless Torches. Unfortunately, I found this out because one of the Timeless Torches passed away and the Liberty tweeted about it, tweeted their sympathies. So our sympathies go to uh, that family as well. Um, but I was like, what? The Timeless Torches. Now, Jack, you know that I'm an OP. OP standing for old people. Yes. Yeah. So you, a number of years ago when you were in high school, decided that you wanted to direct a musical with the adults playing younger people, like the parents playing younger people. So you directed a production of Grease. With where OPs. all all the parents were the characters in Grease. Now, you know, Stalker Channing was not a spring chicken, but she also wasn't 
she wasn't uh, closing in on 50 like some of us were, and even older some of us were. Yeah. Um, and it was so much fun, and we made all new friends, and the OPs, the old people, we called it OPG for Old People Greece. And then we did four more years of it, and then due to the pandemic, we couldn't do last year. But listen, if I can be an OP, I might be able to be a timeless torch. And not, I mean, so, not only were you an OP, you were the dance captain of the OPs. That's right, in OPG. I absolutely was. So Was it OPG or OPLB? I think it was OPLB. OPLB, uh, legally, legally blonde. blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not only are you an old person, but your your main skill there was dance. So, I know. It's um, not much to say my main skill is dance because I cannot sing. So, like, that one's totally off the table. It's not like there's even anything, like, you know in competition there but i'm thinking you know i'm i'm following the um hashtag timeless torches and if the auditions are posted like they didn't have them this year because they were in the wobble but i hope they're coming back um i know how to get to brooklyn so you might be going to brooklyn yeah games are in the WNBA season i don't even know yeah well i don't know because i watched the wobble i haven't been a fan other than that. Also, so. they probably, the torches probably don't dance at every game. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but look out, look out world. Look Timeless out world. torches. Here I come. Yeah. Then the other cool thing is I joined through the New York Liberty, a book discussion group. So Jocelyn Willoughby, who is um, a player on the Liberty um, is hosting a book discussion group to talk about the intersection of race and women and um, current events and things like that. So we're reading a novel called The Vanishing Half, and we've only read three chapters and we had the first discussion last night. It's really good. It's relatively new, but it's re- this author is really good writer. And what I really want to say, Jocelyn Willoughby, she's your age, Jack, exactly your age. 22. And she, she yep, she was... even born like the same month as you she was a phenomenal moderator of this like no offense to you jack like you you know you're you know i think you're awesome and you're like running this podcast and whatever so you're doing a great job but she moderated like 40 people some of whom know each other some who don't um and she did a phenomenal job of keeping everyone on track it was one hour and at the end of the hour we were done so it was great it didn't like you know, it didn't linger on. She did a really good job. And it's an amazing book. And I can't wait two weeks from now is two weeks from yesterday is the next um, discussion group. So that's really cool. That is really cool. But pro- a little bit offended, but it's OK. <laughs> I said no offense. You can't feel offended if I say no offense. Yeah, that's how that works. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess probably the biggest news for the WNBA this week is uh, free agency. Oh, it's not the it's not the fact that you want to be timeless in a, torches in the Liberty old person dance troupe. <laughs> that, well, I mean, I guess everything's relative, and that's my biggest news. Uh, but people in the WNBA um, have bigger news for themselves, Free and yes. yeah. So some cool things that happened. So I kept track, like. I texted you because I was like, okay, free agency. It was on Monday. Free agency started. I'm like, okay, like a dozen people signed. Like, what is this? Why isn't? And and I have lists of everybody who's eligible, unrestricted, restricted, who the core players are, everything. And there wasn't a ton of movement. And I was like, what the heck? And you explained that it can go on and on and on. Uh-huh. But that was the start of when people are allowed to sign. Right. So here's an interesting thing that started that, that happened. Ready? 
It's like total domino effect. So the first piece is that the sparks designated Neka Ogumika as a core player, which means they got first choice, um, something like that. I believe, um, and uh, I believe it's something uh, like Ogumike, something. Ogumike. Like oh, you're right. Thank you. I actually, on a previous day, I had it phonetically written out, and I didn't this time. So they had Neka Ogumike, and they court they court her. Um, they did encourage her to, what's the guy's name? The coach, Derek Fisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Derek. He encouraged her to talk to other teams just to make sure he knew it was out there. We mentioned that last week, but she decided to stay and sign with them. So she stayed with them. So then, and she's a power forward. So then Candace Parker, who also was with the Sparks mm-hmm. for 13 years, right? Right went to the sky. She's also a power forward. So she went to the Chicago sky, which is her hometown, which is cool. Left the sparks after 13 years. She's a power forward and a center. She went there. So Cheyenne Parker, who's also a power forward, left the sky and went to the Atlanta dream. So on the Atlanta dream, Banaja Laney left the dream. She's a shooting guard and SF short forward. Shooting small. forward? Small forward. Okay. Nobody's short. Why would that word be there? <laughs> she left the dream to go to the New York Liberty. She was the most improved player last year. She was, And she yeah. left to go to the Liberty. And that just was really interesting to me. Like, that whole domino. Like, this one went there, and then this one went there, and, and it went all the way around. Well, this um, is a this is a kind of a discussion that we had about why everybody Like, didn't what sign. would happen, right. Well, why everybody didn't sign right on Monday is that often in you know in any league in free agency the big names are the first to go and then somebody realizes like either oh you know that team i really wanted to sign with just signed this big player or this big player just signed with my team and now i'm not going to get that that mm-hmm. big of playing time so mm-hmm. i'm going to go sign with this team um mm-hmm. so it, so it it is kind of that domino effect like you were just explaining there's another there's another piece to the puzzle which we'll talk about in just a few seconds mm-hmm. more minutes um but a couple other big trades um Kayla McBride has been on Las Vegas for a while. She's been considered the heart and soul of the team. Um, And she left to go to Minnesota, the Lynx, right? Minnesota Lynx? Yeah, the Lynx. But also Ariel. Oh, yeah. With those eyes. Freaky. So also Ariel Powers and Natalie Ochonwa. By the way, Ariel Powers may be the coolest name in the league. True. Like she can like like getting height, Ariel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Natalie Ochonwa also went to Minnesota, and so I wanted to see. So I read that Kayla McBride is going to help out the backcourt. I don't know what the backcourt is, but then I also wanted to say that Kayla McBride is a shooting guard. Ariel Powers is a small forward and a shooting guard, and Natalie Ochonwa is a power forward. So do you think they the three of them were like recruited as like a group that are going to work together? Do, like do those three positions like did they need to get really strong people for those three positions to to power themselves forward? Yeah, I mean it depends on it depends on the team and which direction you want to go, but um you you do often see in in any free agency that you know maybe two or three big names all decide to sign in one place together so then they can kind of link up and and mm. um you know be a great team there together now uh backcourt is um that's the the guards so the the point guard and the shooting guard are considered your backcourt and then your bigs 
are, uh, you know, your power forward, your center, your small forward kind of sits in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. That would be your your front court. So are the guards the ones who like, I mean, I know anybody can shoot, right? But mm-hmm. are the guards the ones who are like kind of going to protect the basket from the other team? No, the guards would be the ones like bringing the ball up from the other side, okay. making plays, passing. Okay. Um, and then the bigs would be down by the basket, both defensively and offensively. Oh, okay. All right. Um, one complaint I have. Um, so Joyner Holmes is on the Liberty and Joyner mm-hmm. was only signed to a training camp contract. And I'm disappointed in that because I thought she had a great season in the wobble last year. Um, she actually, and I was like, did I just imagine that? Cause I remember her name. I remember she did a lot of great things, mm-hmm. but I decided to look it up to see if I was right or not. Um, and she, um, has the single game rookie record of rebounds on the Liberty. Uh-huh. And she had the first 13, 13 games. So that's like 13 rebounds and 13 points by a lib rookie. And it's the 30th time ever on the libs by any player in lib history, rookie or veteran. Now, so she's got what? some, she has some nice stats there. So I'm like, disappointed that they only signed her to a training camp contract was it maybe like inconsistency like she maybe had some great know. games but then maybe you know, i don't know couldn't put it all together so. i don't know but i thought she was great and i hope that i hope that she can continue after training camp yeah yeah hey that i mean signing to a training camp means you know you're just, you, you come to training camp just like every other player and you prove yourself you and, work mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see how that goes and then the two the two big things are uh, the Phoenix Mercury re-signed Diana Taurasi. She is 38 and will be 39, I believe, before the season starts. That's um, crazy. What I found, real, they made a really nice video for her to say welcome back or not welcome back, but like happy you're staying. Uh-huh. It's really nice. It's on, it's on Twitter. You should check it out. Um, but what I found interesting, uh, she signed to a multi-year contract. Interesting is that Diana Taurasi's wife is an assistant coach with the Phoenix Mercury. She actually just actually in um, last June, I think she stepped down so that she could be home and be a, a full-time, a full-time mom. Cause they have a little one, um, not, not brand new, but they have, you know, like a toddler preschooler. Um, and that might've been part of, because of the wobble, you know, it would have been hard to have two parents around. Um, but for several years before that, um, they were married in 2017 and the wife has been an assistant coach and she plays on the team. So like, is that, would that be like weird? I actually, uh, cause I just looked up Diana Taurasi last week when I was predicting that she would probably stay with the Mercury. Um, I think that her wife was also a former teammate of hers. I think she's a former player. Yeah, too. she she is a former player. I don't know if they were together when they were playing when they were teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, or not. But yeah, that's that, that was pro- really that interesting. That probably makes it less weird because they they met each other in a in a peer to peer kind of relationship mm-hmm. rather than a you know mm-hmm. superior. Um, and that's a good reason for Diana to want to stick with that team. Although she's not the wife is not a coach there anymore. But like. You know, if she were, that makes sense. Right. Then you keep everybody together. Well, it's an interesting dynamic in the WNBA is that, you know, there are teammates who are married to each other or dating. There's obviously coaches and players who are married to each other and dating. We don't see that really often in other leagues. I think the mm-hmm. NBA has only had 
one out member of the LGBTQ plus community um, at, who's been a player, um, uh, you know, a current player. So mm-hmm. um, we, we, we haven't seen that yet. I'm sure we will one day, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's an interesting, interesting dynamic, dynamic for, for, mm-hmm. for the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the Seattle Storm re-signed Sue Bird, who is 40. But the interesting thing um, about this is that the deal is not finalized yet. So she may not be playing at the start of the season. And the reason for that is because they're waiting to see how the salary cap plays out. So when you said earlier, you were, you know, when someone comes to a team and they may not, may or may not have playing opportunities, maybe they don't choose to go to that team. There may also be salary cap issues for why people are or are not signing at this point. Mm -hmm. So she has signed. Um, Sue Bird has signed, but she, but it's not a hundred percent all hammered out yet because they're still working on how the salary cap plays out. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else on free agency? Anything, any uh, other news? No, that was a lot. I think that was a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. So that is NBA news of the week. And we're going to move on to our movie review of cornbread Earl and me. Cornbread Earl and me from 1975. Two weeks in a row of 70s basketball movies. Yes. I had never um, heard of this movie before we started, you know, making lists of of basketball movies. No, me either. And what was the most surprising thing about this movie? Who who played me in Cornbread Earl and me? Do you know who that was? A very young Lawrence Fishburne. Right. Yes. I had no idea that he was a child actor. He was like 13 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I was like, his name, it was like introducing or whatever. And Lawrence Fishburne. I'm like, what? And there he was, little kid. Yeah. And he was like basically the lead. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you said, Mm -hmm. he was and me. And he was, yeah, he was me. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Uh, What did you, what did you think of this movie? You know, great, great 70s music. The music again was, was oh, a big, love big it. part of it. Put put me love in the it. era. Yeah. Um. So this movie. So this might not be a popular opinion. This is not about this movie. I'm not on a tangent. I'm doing a comparison. This might not be a popular opinion, but I don't love Twelve Angry Men. Okay. I appreciate it. I think it's a a. a snapshot of history you know i think you know that i hate when they do 12 angry jurors and they add women to it because that's not how it would have been at that time so it is impurifying it um and i really appreciate it but it's just so overly dramatic you know like hey fella i don't know what are you talking about like just this very very like dramatic you know even people like turning quickly to the camera and things like that. This had a similar feel. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was that well-written. I didn't think it was that well-acted, but I thought it was a good, important story to tell. But what was disgusting about it and not about it, but about our world is that 45 years have passed and the same story could be told on this very day, probably told better than it was, but that's what is really disgusting. So cornbread was a a purest silk high school player, just graduated from high school, ready to go to college, good kid, carries old ladies' groceries, hangs out with the guy at the corner store, buys soda for the little kids, teaches them how to how to um, shoot baskets, 
uh, one shocking early kind of scene, he's practicing in the school gym and these two drug dealers or whatever come in, probably like classmates or whatever, and they accuse him of taking the drugs and what he really did was flush them and they pull a knife and there's a knife fight in the gym. But he he flushed the drugs because that's every single thing he does. He's going to buy his mama a house. He's just the most, the worst thing about him is that he dribbles his basketball day and night. So everyone who lives in his apartment building is like, oh my God, cornbread is going to drive me crazy with that dribbling. Uh-huh. And then in a case of mistaken identity, he's, he is shot and killed by police officers pursuing another suspect. Yeah. And then it's just, it's just awful what the, you know, what the detectives and everything do, how they're, you know, gaslighting and, 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 um, going to plant drugs on someone. They're going to take someone's welfare benefits away. If they, if they testify, it was just, it was disgusting. And the fact that this kind of thing could happen 45 years later is the worst thing about it. Yep. But I, I appreciated the story. Yeah. it w- Everything that you just said, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's saddening. It's um, uh, just, just really terrible that clearly nothing has changed. That, mm-hmm. Like you said, this exact same story could be told mm-hmm. today. They could probably change a few things in, in the, script they could probably change some some angles change some acting choices and literally put this same movie out today Mm -hmm. and it would be the the exact same thing nobody would be like oh that's that's definitely the 70s yeah and one one thing probably would go over the head definitely would not be an issue for people who watched it in the 70s but i thought when i watched it this scene i was like ew disgusting so the attorney so what happened was cornbread's parents decide to sue um the city because their son was killed um and they hire an attorney who is um a black man and that plays into the story of his interactions and his ability to follow the story and everything um Lawrence Fishburne's character's name was Wilford Robinson. He was a little kid and his mom, he had a single mom and she was on welfare and the, the detectives threatened to take her welfare benefits away if her son testified. Um, and he was going to run away because he didn't want to be a problem for his mom. And he ran away to the attorney's car. So the attorney brought him home because, you know, he can't, he can't run away. He can't run away from things. And the attorney hit on the mother while he was at the house. Mm-hmm. That was disgusting. You're an attorney. You don't you don't do that in the 70s. I'm sure that nobody batted an eye with that. But like, yeah. ew. I th- yeah, I think in the in the story, it was supposed to be sort of a juxtaposition to the guy that she was seeing at the time. And mm-hmm. you know the difference between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was supposed to be any sort of flaw in the attorney's character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know. Uh, the the story of it, I thought, was a very important story to tell. I, it you know, it was very seventies, so I can't really judge it on its storytelling and on its acting because I think it was very representative of the time. Um, but Lawrence Fishburne has definitely grown as an actor. Yes, he has since mm-hmm. since being thirteen. But um, <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm personally glad that it was not very long. It was like an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, most of these movies we've we've seen so far have just been way too long, especially yeah. He Got Game. But um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, so that's that's one thing I appreciated. Um, just a few quick uh, things. Uh, I it was a weird name for me because we didn't see much of Earl. Earl wasn't that involved in mm-hmm. in everything, uh, but it made it seem like the three of them were like the three main pillars of this movie, and it was really more so about Cornbread and and Wilford. Um, mm-hmm. So I just thought that was uh, the wrong naming choice. Um, and then again. A professional basketball player. Yes. In yeah. in a leading role in one of these basketball. Movies. It's crazy. I didn't. I he didn't was... think that this would be. His name. Is, his name is Jamal Abdul Latif. Um, at the yeah, time. Yeah, and he was, he known was as Jamal Wilkes. He um, was known as Keith Wilkes at the time. Oh, I I had it as Jamal Wilkes. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Um, and he was good. He was really good. I mean, he. I mean, he, as a basketball player, he was good. Yeah. He. I mean, Hall in of the Famer. NBA, Hall of Famer. He, I think, he won four championships. Yeah. yeah. Um, with Golden State was, Warriors and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this was because this is much longer ago. I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't know that that was a player at the mm-hmm. time until mm-hmm. I looked up the movie later and looked up the cast. And I, mm-hmm. I just clicked on him to see like, oh, what, what else has this actor been in? And then it came up as like Jamal Wilkes is a professional basketball player and did this mm-hmm. one movie. So again, professional basketball players doing mm-hmm. movies. It's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hall of um, Famer and his jersey was retired by both teams. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So he's yeah, pretty cool. I just just today just like looked up his Hall of Fame speech and and some of his old oh. highlights and stuff. So I, how was I it? Pretty cool. I hadn't I hadn't heard of him before. The speech was yeah. he was just kind of thanking people, but okay. um, but yeah, Heart he, he played on the. Uh, I looked it up. He played on the the Showtime Lakers with Magic. There's a there's a famous game. Yeah. Where um, I believe it was it was a finals game, game one, I think, uh, where the Lakers were playing, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was their great center, top three greatest player of all time, and was injured and couldn't play. And Magic was the point guard, and in that game they had him play center, in mm-hmm. that game. Um, and it's this famous Magic game. He scored like forty points, and they won the game, and it was this huge thing. Um, but side note was that this guy now known as Jamal Abdul Latif, um, scored like 37 points. In them. He was like the second best player in that game. Wow. Um, so pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. My, my other note on this was that, you know, unfortunately this is a very relevant story. Um, yeah. Did you have any anything else to touch on before we do least and most favorite? Okay, least nope. and most favorite. Go ahead. Um, my most favorite, I, I always like... Um, going back and, and seeing the early work of people. So I, it was just cool to see Lawrence Fishburne in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that for actors. I do that for bat. Like I like, I like to go back and watch, you know, high school highlights of LeBron and stuff. I just think that's fun. So mm-hmm. um, that I liked uh, my least favorite thing. I think the, the courtroom scene was way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, you could tell 45 minutes into the movie, what, where we were going that, you know, Basically, it was going to come down to Wilford, and he was going to have to make this choice of was he going to do the right thing or was he going to do the thing to you know protect his family protect, and stuff. Right. Um, Which isn't the wrong thing necessarily, you know. Right. He's a he's a kid. Right. Um, so you know, I saw that from a mile away, and, and the the courtroom scene just kind of felt like it, it dragged on for me. But that mm-hmm. was yeah, that was mine. Okay, so my least favorite thing was every single adult male in this movie. That's my least favorite thing. Every except for Cornbread's dad, every single other adult male in this movie mm-hmm. was my least favorite thing. My favorite thing. Now, I don't want this to come out wrong, so I am not 
a fan of riots mm-hmm. or chaos or any kind of things like that. But I thought that it, it uh, so after cornbread is, so it's raining and after cornbread is killed and he's laying there in the street, um, the people in the town come out and they start attacking the police officers. They throw things at the cars. They start beating them up. I'm not saying that I'm in favor of that at all, but I thought it was filmed very well. Yes. I thought it really gave a good, uh, it felt like it was, you, you were kind of in the action. Like there was just chaos all around you and, you know, where to look and and what was happening with who and who was screaming, just random people screaming in the background. So I thought that that, so, you know, kind of a weird thing to say is my favorite, but the, the, the filming of that scene, I think, really uh brought a lot to the movie uh-huh. okay did you did you rate this movie i did okay what i rated is, this do you want me i to rated it yeah uh i rated it as a, a 6.5 it's probably higher than i should have but i rated it keeping in mind the time period when it was made and i don't think it was that far off in its acting and storytelling from what another decent movie would have been. So, and because I really think it was very important. Mm-hmm. So I, a, a 6.5. Mine was exactly the same, a 6.5. Stop. I'm, I'm not lying. I have it down. It's a 6.5. Wow. Um, so that's an easy, that's some easy math for me. That, that averages out to a 6.5. <laughs> um, so that would place it as our, I, I believe that's our third, third. highest ranked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, coming in after Coach Carter and Space Jam. Yeah. Um, so Space Jam, tough to beat. It's just the <laughs> entertainment value brought it up so much. The quality <laughs> of the movie was really poor, but and it's just crazy. Like it's out there. Yeah. Right. Um, so creative. So yeah. So Cornbread, Earl, and Me, obviously a very important topic, and mm-hmm. it lands as our third ranked uh, basketball movie that we've watched so far. Yeah. Uh, so next week we are watching Finding Forrester. Yes. Finding Finding Forrester. So watch that. Let us know what you think. That's right. And we'll review that uh, next week. I would like to also give just a a quick shout out to um, Evan S. from New York, Mm -hmm. who also wrote to tell us that it's crazy that the coaches are always in cages. Something something that he's also noticed in watching basketball movies. So shout out to Evan S. Evan S. I got a separate message from uh, obviously a big fan of ours. uh, Mm Hunter exactly who this is but evan s um <laughs> uh also messaged me uh with some movie suggestions for oh. future weeks so we will are they on our list mind. i believe they're on our list but are probably coming much we later we can move them up yeah so we can move them up yeah well um, we we picked the next five to do so i think this coming week is the third one on that list then we have two more after that then we can we can start in on on evan s's choices yeah so thank yeah. you evan s for being such a big yeah. fan and Obviously contacting both of our both hosts separately so yeah that's yeah. i'm not sure how that happens. i love that i love that not you know not speak not <laughs> not talking to our our social media or our email directly which are at <laughs> fam court vision and family court vision at gmail.com respectively uh-huh. but um, that is the best way to reach us right but pretty cool okay we're gonna move on to our next segment which is uh some sort of superstitions game i don't know you're mm-hmm. i don't know anything about this so oh, you're yeah. gonna explain this to me Yes, I am. So I um, was curious to know, because baseball players often have superstitions 
I know, especially in like playoffs, someone's not going to shave or, you know, someone's wearing the same clothes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I was wondering if basketball players have superstitions and I found 10 that I decided I'm going to try and stump you and see if you can figure out whose superstitions they are. So I'm going to tell you the superstition and you are going to see if you can guess whose it is. And these are most of these, if not all of them. No, there's at least one who is current player. But most of them are are not current players. Okay. And if you're listening at home, you should probably bet a million dollars that I'll get maybe zero of these. Oh, no. You'll get, you better get at least one of them. The first I'm one. I'm scared. Be- okay. Thank you for saying that. I'm making this the I'm making this first I'm making this the first one because you're gonna get this one. Okay, I'm still nervous though. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So this player wore his college practice shorts under his uniform throughout his entire professional career. That I believe is Michael Jordan. Yes. And do you know why you should know that? Uh, was it mentioned in, um, what's it called? Space Jam? What's it called? Space Jam. They had to go back and get his shorts. Yeah, it was a, Remember, it was that's why they snuck one. into yeah. the house, right? Yeah. So what happened was he wore these practice shorts when he was in college, right? And then when he got to, he started with the Bulls, right? So he got to, the, to yeah. Chicago and Chicago wore these really short, short shorts and he wanted to wear his practice shorts because that had been something he had been doing, but they would show under the short, short shorts. So he, I don't know how he's like, a, I know he was good or whatever, but like, he's like a freshman professional player, rookie, uh-huh. and he got them to change their shorts so that the team wore longer shorts so he could wear his, wear his practice shorts under them. I don't know how you have that much power when you're a rookie, but that started. I think when, I think when you're Michael Jordan, you. But was he Michael Jordan even then? He, w- I mean, he was sort of a superstar the minute he got in. But yeah, all right. Well, he that changed, and now everybody wears longer shorts. That's right. Yeah, and that's because of Michael Jordan. I had some clues for you if you didn't get it. Space Jam, current team owner. <laughs> I think if you gave me those, I think I would have been able to okay. figure it out. All right. All right. Okay. Ready? Ready for the next one? Okay, I'm going to check that one off to make sure I got that one. Okay, here's the next one. This guy, some of them have multiple, so I'll give them all to all of them to you. But some of them don't. So this guy had a habit, a superstition of needing to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before every game. And in fact, I don't know if all, a bunch of his teammates adopted this. Do you have a guess who it is? Uh, no idea. No. Okay. This person is one of the greatest, was one of the, I think was, as far as playing, um, one of the greatest power forwards of all time and was drafted straight out of high school. The first person drafted straight out of high school in about 20 years at that time. Um, would this be Kevin Garnett? Yes. Good job. Thank you. All right. All right, this next one. Um, All right, so this next one is someone who would only put on his jersey 
with his left arm first and then his right arm and also tie his shoes left and then right and also would take five sips of water before entering a game. Again, I don't know, but th these are pretty crazy rules. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, this guy um, is no longer alive. He died in a car accident a couple of years ago. I, I don't. You don't know? He was uh, in 2018. He was a small forward and shooting guard. I did not write down what team, um, but his name is Ra Rasual Butler. Rasual Butler. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So he unfortunately, he and his fiance died in a terrible car accident in 2018. So thought I'd get, get that one out of the way. All right. Next, uh, this guy slept, this is crazy, slept in the shorts of his, the, his team's opponent the night before a game. And these were actual game, like real uniform shorts that he got from friends of his in the league and wore the actual, not like he didn't go to like Models and buy a pair of shorts. Uh -huh. He got shorts from the team and slept in them before every, the night before every game. He also would eat chicken for every pregame meal. And he also wore five pairs of socks to every game. I don't know if that means like all at the same time or like he would take them off and yeah, put new socks say. on. Like, cause just, that... get, just get a, a size smaller in your shoes. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Um, I I feel like I've heard of the shorts one, but I, again, I don't know who. All right. He was a, a, a shooting guard and a point guard, and he is now an assistant coach for Arizona. For Phoenix? Is that the only team in Arizona? Yeah, for the Phoenix Suns. Okay, I wrote Arizona. I don't know. It or, said Arizona. Or like the college, Arizona. Oh, no, no, no. I think the professional team. Because it just said Phoenix. I don't. I, I do not know. Jason Terry. Jason Terry. Ah, okay. Have, was, you, have you heard of him? Uh, I have. I, I believe he was with the, the Mavericks when they won the uh, championship in 2011. Okay. Here's the next one. The next one. He had two he had two superstitions that were both banned. Uh-huh. One of them was he would drink a half of a two-liter Mountain Dew before his games, which he started in high school, and then drink another half at halftime. Uh-huh. I'm guessing he had to use the facilities too often and that was not helpful for the team. Uh-huh. Um, and the other was he would chop on straws. He cut up little pieces of straws and chomped on them. The whole NBA banned this, but he would. He didn't want. He didn't like Seven Eleven straws. He didn't like Wendy's straws. But he liked McDonald's, Burger King, uh, maybe maybe Subway. And he really liked Cheesecake Factory straws. They were very very thick. Uh, I, I, <laughs> and now this guy owns six Burger Kings, so he can have all the straws he wants. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. This guy, when he, he was 12 years old, he was a drug dealer and he was arrested 15 times by the time he was 15. But when he was in juvie, he discovered um, Christianity and turned his life around. He is he was on the Wizards and he's now an assistant coach for the Heat. His name is Ka Karen, Karen Butler. Oh, Karen Butler. K 
Karan Butler. Huh. Karan Crazy, Butler. right? I'd, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that he owns Burger Kings now. Right? Funny. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't own a 7-Eleven. They don't have good straws. Yeah. Oh, I got to get the best. Yeah. Okay. Next guy would... So a couple of people did this, but this guy originated it. Hanging from the rim just before his name was called pregame. Um, he also, when he was in high school or college or something, he accidentally wore his practice shorts backwards and he did well. So he continued to do that. The NBA would not allow him to wear his game shorts backwards. Uh-huh. So he only in practice would wear his practice shorts backwards, but he couldn't um, wear his game shorts backwards. Again, I'm other need some uh, here. Other players who liked to hang from the rim were um, Kevin Garnett and also Dwayne Wade, who also added three pull-ups. Dude, um, to each I was one. actually, I was gonna. Uh, those are those two stick in my mind of people who mm-hmm. would hang from the rim. I I knew it couldn't <clears> be Kevin Garnett because we already did it. But um, this guy started as a swimmer, but there was a hurricane that wrecked the the pool in his area in his country where he lived, um, and he's considered the greatest power forward of all time. The greatest power forward of all time would be Tim Duncan. That's the one. There you go. Okay. Good job. Glad I got that one. I think I've gotten three so far. Okay. I actually haven't been keeping track, so we could go back. I think it's three because I think it's Michael Jordan, Kevin Garnett, and then now uh, Uh Tim Duncan. Uh Okay. Ready? Yes. Here is. uh, Okay. So this one, simple one, takes five showers on game day. Is that before game day? Like before the game? Yeah. I feel like it would be more useful after the game. <laughs> Hopefully it takes at least one more. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know this guy because you used to talk about this guy last season all the time, but you don't so much anymore because he's no longer with the Lakers. He's no longer with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So that would be one of these guys. It could be Rajon Rondo. That's the one. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> used to talk about him all the time. He I haven't heard very, his name. Very frustrating to me in the regular season, and then one of my favorites in the in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's with the he's with the Hawks now. Mm-hmm. All right. Up next, this person. What do you call that powder stuff? Rosin. Like gymnasts use it, and like that white powder stuff that helps you stick to stuff. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to call it rosin. If I'm wrong about that, someone can correct me. This person liked to put rosin on his hands and then clap it at the broadcaster, like the the same broadcaster. Um, And one time he went over, he got the rosin, he went over to the broadcaster and was about to clap it. And the broadcaster took out an umbrella and blocked it. I've seen this clip. I've seen that was pretty funny. I like that. Yeah. Now, LeBron does like rosin stuff often before he throws it up in the air. Yes, this has become a ritual also for Kevin Garnett and for LeBron James, but th- that's not who this person was. Uh, I don't, I don't. This is someone who player. we, someone we've already done. I gave this person two, someone two numbers we've already here. done. Mm-hmm. Was this, this person also is, Michael Jordan? Yes, also Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh huh. Good job. But that's a that's a pretty funny video when the guys take out the umbrella. It is. I, I think they did another. I can't remember what it was. I think they did another one. Maybe they put I'll have on to like look. a mask or poncho or poncho something. Poncho or something. 
Yeah. Like um, like that comedian who throws watermelons at people or something. Everybody in the front row has to wear a poncho. Did you ever see that Gallagher? I'm unfamiliar. You never saw that? that? Yeah. No. It's like a Vegas uh, classic. All right. We have, I think, two more. Ready? Okay. Yeah. This one <clears throat> had a game day routine. He would take a nap from 1130 to 1. At 2.30, he would eat chicken and rice. At 3.30, he would shave his head. And then three hours prior to every game, he would start his warm-up routine. Okay, I'm guessing this is somebody who's bald. That's what I've gathered so far. <laughs> Pretty smart, huh? Yeah, woo! Context Anything else clues. you can tell me about this player? Uh, one of the best shooters to ever play. Huh. Did we see him in a movie? We did. Is it Ray Allen? It is Ray Allen. Good job, Jack. Thank you very much. And then the last one. This is someone who would throw up, vomit before every game and then again at halftime. The team actually liked to hear this sound because they felt like they were going to have a good game once they heard it. And once... The coach, everybody's out practicing, and the coach was like, I didn't hear this guy throw up. Everyone get off the court until I hear him throw up, and then you guys can come back out. Now this, I feel like I've heard throw-up stories about Bill Russell. That's who it is. Okay, okay, great. That is who it is. I thought that it was, I thought it came, I mean, this probably is. I thought it was just a nerves thing, not necessarily a superstition thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess probably... Uh, eventually became that you'll continue to be nervous yeah my Um, my clue for you on this one if you didn't get it would was this guy could literally be in uncle drew for real right now yeah he's like 85 years old or something he kind of looks like like uncle drew the character yeah yes yeah um um, and that's it what what was your score four five you got both Um, mjs it depends because like if a clue counts yeah right yeah um yeah I'm going to say it's it's four four and a half. All right. All right. Um maybe okay. maybe we should adopt some of these before our podcasts. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I'm not sure which ones might work best. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe you should shave your head. I think I'm going to go with the five showers actually. Hmm. I think that'll work best for me. All right. Okay. So that's it for episode 7 send in questions comments, movie thoughts, and guest suggestions to familycourtvision at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at at famcourtvision. And don't forget to subscribe or follow on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, Don't forget to watch Finding Forrester. And we'll see you next week on Family Court Vision. The mother of all basketball podcasts. (laughs) 